Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're back. To another episode of... Becoming... A Doctor. A podcast. What's it about? Uh, it's about <laughs> two third-year medical students. And we talk about the only thing that we ever talk about. Which is... Medical school. Duh. Could have guessed, probably could have guessed that one. Um, I'm your host, Santana Sanchez. And I'm the co-host, Kevin Gale. Kevin Gale. And you can check out this podcast oh my gosh, on... Everywhere. Apple Podcasts. Boom. Spotify. Boom. At becomingadoctorpod.com. The best website out there. HTTP colon <laughs> slash slash www.com. You're not a 90-year-old. Skip that stuff. Right, right. I forgot. Um, Sometimes it's fun to type that out, though. Nope. Never fun. Okay. Uh, and you can also find us on Twitter at Becoming a Doc Pod. At Becoming a Doc Pod. Uh, slide into the DMs. Yeah. We have a lot of followers. We could use some more, though. We could always use more For followers. For sure. Um, is that it? Is that the intro? That's the intro. Hit him with a the theme. Let's do it. Theme song. Say, kid. Santana's what voice. What do you want to be when you grow up? Don't forget. Mm-hmm. We should do this live one time. I think we could. Say, kid. What do you want? What do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? Say, say, say. What do you want? Uh, we. We would need one more person. For the drums. For the drums. Yeah, yeah. I'm playing the keys. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe the keys I'll, are very I'll simple. G- I'll get a drum box. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically playing it live. Give me a little preview of the live. Give me the, give me the, give me the lines. Hey, kid. <laughs> that was you in the study. What, what? <laughs> Yeah, that was me. All right, theme song over. What's our Dunzos. first segment? Okay, so one of our recurring segments, uh, rotation review. Rotation. Which I, I think what we called it in the past. Yeah, for sure. That's for sure it. Uh, the, the, the audience knows it. They do. Trust me. This is them right now. Oh, yeah. They're excited. <laughs> Uh, and so this week, we're reviewing the rotation that we both just completed, emergency medicine. Emergency medicine. The docs in the emergency department, those are the ones. Yep. Um, yeah, we both did four weeks of it, right? Yeah, month-long rotation. Which is rare in the pandemic year for It us. is, yes. But we did a full four weeks, lots of work. Yes. Kevin was <laughs> so busy. <laughs> do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh... Uh, you go ahead and go first. I should go first. Okay. Emergency medicine. I knew we were doing this this segment all week. Of course. Emergency medicine re- review. I'm gonna string it out. I'm not gonna give you my full review. Yeah, of course. Save I that sh- for the end. Dude. I show up on day one, right? And mm-hmm. the physician in charge is like, "Here's the deal. Listen." Anyone who goes into emergency medicine gets burnt out hard. Oh. It happens after five years or ten years. He's like, it happened to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Both. <laughs> Sorry. He he said after ten years, he hated the job sometimes. Wow. Hated going into work. 
And he's like, so you, if you, are you burned out in med school? It's like, yeah, I'm a little burnt out. He's like, that happens. Med school, emergency medicine. But anyways, <laughs> this was day one. What he said is, right out of the gate. This was, yeah, the first hour of emergency medicine rotation. Mm, Before mm. actually going to the emergency room, we were sitting in his office doing okay. this briefing. But he's like, because of that, I assigned you with the best uh, teachers in the emergency medicine physician. Well, that's great. He's he's like only he's like we're not working with all the physicians. You're working with me a couple of times. You're working with the best teachers, the best of the best. We really take our time to get you the good cream shifts. of the crop, the cream of the crop, and which I appreciated. But yeah. it was it was an odd start. Um, from that moment on. I loved the rotation. Oh, <laughs> okay. Maybe it was good that he did that. Set the expectations very low. You know, at the floor. It's because it was um, something different every time, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is in direct comparison to like my family medicine rot- or everyone's family medicine rotation. Right? I haven't done mine yet. Yeah. Well, watch out. <laughs> it's it's something new every time. It um, is kind of fast paced like exciting mm-hmm. um you know anyone can come to the emergency re- room for any reason exactly so when you think about it like that you can think oh how how many things i'm going to see how exciting it's going to be right um and it also I, one of the reasons i liked it is because emergency medicine is like this breadth of knowledge and a lot of it is like the medical stuff that we learned in the first two years of medical school mm-hmm. so not everything seemed completely foreign or new um which was nice right you don't feel like a dumbass from the first day you feel kind of good about it um what else did i love about it? i love maybe every- you did i loved everything about it what the, the this is so shocking to some me. of the, some of the physicians i worked with i showed up and they were they'd say hey i know what medical student school is like don't do the notes don't do one note i don't want you to log in all you got to do is see the patients report back Put in orders, do the things that'll help you see as many patients as you can, and that was awesome, right? My favorite day, I saw I don't know eight to ten patients, and had them all kind of in my head, like figured out what I should do, be checking their plans, looking at radiology. That was awesome. That sounds great. Um, and it, and I would put in the orders every time, right? They'd sometimes be like staying right over my shoulder because I don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? But not always. After a while, I could. I okay. I can order an EKG. Uh, yep. I can order troponin <laughs> cereal. Yeah, can't really go wrong with those <laughs> for the classic chest pain. Yes, as, as we all know. Um, of course, these, these are the orders you do a million times after like one patient, basically. Yeah. Um, but it felt cool to be putting in orders like without direct supervision. Um, yeah, I, I, should I keep going? I could go about this for days and days and days. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just surprised. You because can cut me off any time. You made it seem like you were having a horrible time for the most part. Every shift, you'd be coming coming home at four a.m. See you the next day. You're like, ugh, what a buzz! <laughs> had the wor- had the most worst night of my life no it was very shift work right like clock in clock when you think about shift work you think about the old 1960s that is what i think like about. clock in clock out with a punch card right yeah that's very emergency medicine they don't use punch cards anymore you just punch in a number yeah to a keypad for sure um so there's that aspect but another, oh, here's another reason why i loved it 
the guy who sat me down in the first hour was like, you get burnt out. <laughs> you get burnt out. You get burnt out. Yep. He, I worked with him a couple times, right? He's, uh-huh. he's in, in charge of the department. He does a schedule. I mean, he takes care of the medicines. He was a phenomenal teacher and mm-hmm. a phenomenal bedside manner. And just, I don't know, cool as a cucumber in any, any situation. Cool as a cucumber. <laughs> One of the reasons I loved working with him is because, first off, great teacher. Second off, great bedside manner. We'd go into the room, and if anyone was confused about anything, he'd get his pen out and draw right on the bed sheets, like these bed sheets that they have to throw away. What? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but I'll give you an example. <laughs> so this kid came in with croup, right, which is like, um, you know, the the easiest way to describe it is swelling of the trachea, right? Swelling of the airway causes this barking cough uh-huh. or this really hard inspiration. Yep. And the parents have no idea what's going on. This kid is barking like a like a seal is what they say in med school. Right. And it does sound like the kid is about to die. But oh, it's, no. I know. So the parents are super worried. The kid is freaking out. Cool as a cucumber, Doc, mm-hmm. comes in. Gets out his pen and draws what it looks like, the trachea, what the lungs look like, why this isn't like right now, like the kid's airway is not going to be about to be compromised. And he draws it out. And and it's such a simple drawing, and he explains it so well. It's like the perfect bedside manner. The, the parents are immediately calmer. And I've never seen that before, right? Where the, I've never even heard of that. Also, where the physician has like, uh, is able to draw out tons of pathology. It's so helpful for the pa- for the for the pa- parents or patients. Yeah, if you can look at it and you can you can like look reference it back right because it's on the bed sheets basically. Right. How's how's your artwork coming along these days? Uh, no, my not good. Not a good <laughs> artist. The only time I ever tried. Draw, do you remember this? The only time I ever tried drawing something out was in uh, FCT. And I put the liver on the wrong side of the body. <laughs> and, and the doc was like, well, to start off, the liver's on the other side. <laughs> I was like, okay. I don't know why I volunteered to draw this. <laughs> it's a common mistake. Um, but I told the, the physician, it was my last shift. where It was a, it was a 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. shift. He's like, hey, so what'd you think? And I go, I said, Matt, if I could work with you, for the rest of med school, every shift, I would most definitely go into emergency medicine because you're an incredible teacher, you have incredible bedside manner, you're cool as a cucumber. <laughs> and when I was telling him this to his face, he was he was like, he didn't know what to say. I was like, I'm sure you get this all the time. He's like, literally, this is the first time anyone's ever told me this. <laughs> He's like, but thank you. Wow. Um, when I was telling him that, I'm like, you know what? I got to remember this because I got to give this rotation 10 out of 10 stethoscopes. Wow. <laughs> what? 10 out of 10 stethoscopes. Great success. <laughs> rotation. I cannot say how, how much I liked it, honestly. That's amazing. Yeah, the rotation. Wow, wow, wow. It's very nice. <laughs> so that's my... Uh, what? Yeah, what are your thoughts? I want to hear Santana Sanchez's take on the rotation. Uh, I also... Loved it. I had a great what? time. <laughs> oh boy. Uh <laughs> that's Princess Leia. Duh. Of course. Yep. Uh I did my rotation at Hennepin County Medical Center here in Minneapolis in downtown. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Give a little context. Yep. Which uh, is the county hospital. County hospital, quote unquote, safety net hospital. Yep. Um 
Not that that really matters in an emergency department, because if you're in the emergency room, you have to help anybody that you have to treat anybody that comes in. Well, it for sure does, though, because as we know, downtown Hennepin County is where a large homeless population resides. Sure, sure, so your, sure. Your demographic is going. I'll tell you what. When I was in Waconia, a lot of hit fractures <laughs> in the emergency department. Yes, different, different demographics. Demographics. Absolutely. So it matters. Anyways, keep going. And uh, so just some background for emergency medicine in general. You kind of touched on this. It's all shift work. You come in and you're there for our shifts uh, were eight hours long. Yep. So you come in uh, as a medical student. You don't pick up. uh, You don't take over patients for anybody else. You come in. You're there for eight hours. You see probably I was seeing one or maybe two people at a time. Yep. And you go and you talk to them. You order all the tests. Uh, you get them treatment, and then you either send them home or uh, get them admitted. And you try to do it as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And then if you're a real emergency doc, you're also simultaneous to this. You're also dealing with people who are in very critical condition, car accidents. Um, Gunshot wounds. like Yes. Yep. Strokes, seizures. These people come into a different part of the emergency department where uh, they can do like emergency surgeries uh, emergency procedures, yada, yada, yada. Yep. And on top of that, sometimes the real emergency docs are also in charge of a separate unit where people who are, uh, going through like withdrawals are kept. Um, and so they manage these people who could deteriorate very quickly if their alcohol withdrawal is not managed. Wow. Um, You didn't tell me this. That doesn't exist in Ridgeview, right? Like the the withdrawal unit. Right. I mean, like it kind of does, but not really. Yeah. There's like a, at Hennepin, there's like a formalized, like separate part of the emergency department where those patients uh, go to stay and to recover. Yeah. 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 Um, And so, like you were saying, it is, it is exciting. It is very fast paced and you never know what's coming, what your patient is going to present as like you get you show up somebody's name gets put up on the board and it says oh abdominal pain and you're like that could mean almost anything almost anything and you go and you chat with them and you uh, examine them and then you try your best to figure out what it most likely is and like rule out the dangerous yeah. stuff yep um and at first i was super i was so stressed it was so intimidating that was so nerve-wracking yeah to know one line and go in yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was basically just a lack of experience mm-hmm. and probably a little bit of a lack of preparation on my part. Like I should have um, prepared for this rotation a little bit better and had some idea of like for abdominal pain, for example, what are the most critical can't miss things that it could be? Right. Some of our peers would already know that stuff because they've been thinking about emergency medicine for nine months. Right. Or Shout out to... Uh, <laughs> There's there's like a hundred. <laughs> there's tons like of half them. our medical school is interested in emergency medicine. Um, but after a week or so, I was able to catch up on my studies. Yeah, kind of get those uh, those diagnoses, need to know diagnoses, and those kind of algorithm algorithms down for the most common stuff. Um, so yeah, I had a great time. Honestly, I think that uh, I wish the rotation was longer than four weeks. Um, I feel like I learned stuff during every shift yep um and it was really the first time where i feel like i got 
any real amount of autonomy. Um, and I really got to be somebody's like primary, uh, provider. Um, so I, I thought it was very, very cool. And I want you to repeat this. You told me early in the week, cause all we do ever do is talk about med school. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you told me that one of the reasons you also thought it was awesome is be- or wish it was longer is because it involved like every part of medicine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, like we were saying, like it could be anything like this person could be, have, could come in and it could be any illness, any injury. Oh, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that. What? <laughs> what? Like when, um, you were doing thoracic surgery. Yep. You were doing thoracic surgery. Yes, sir. Very limited. Yes. That's on the chest. But when you're in, a, in the emergency department, you're looking at um, a lot of different aspects of medicine. For instance, x-rays, CT scans, you are reviewing those on your own, right? Before right. the radiologist is. So you're learning how to do radiology. Right. You're also looking at EKGs all the time, mm-hmm. right? What's the rhythms of the heart, right? What's the electrical activity? Yes. Um, so you're looking at that stuff all the time. Uh, you are looking at lab values. You're doing procedures. Right. You're thinking about differential diagnoses. Like every type of part of medic- medicine, it seemed like it was like coming together in emergency medicine. I that's thought that's so what true. you meant. But- no, that is so true. And that's so right. And it was a great way to learn all that stuff and to practice it. To practice that stuff. And yep. um, most, almost all of the residents and uh, attendings that I worked with were such good um such good teachers but they also balanced it with this ability to be per, to be very hands off which makes sense in the emergency department like they're very busy yeah they're doing a million things so um it's also one of the first times where it felt like it was really really helpful to have a medical student kind of take a little oh, bit yeah. of some autonomy some patience yeah take something off their plate um but yeah you're so right yeah got to practice doing procedures never really did that before right practice you know reviewing all these diagnostics yep um yeah i liked it i had a great time i yeah okay how many stethoscopes uh i was super stressed most of the time so cortisol uh, was high cortisol was high (laughs) and i would be you know people go into emergency medicine uh because it is this well one of the reasons that people go into it is because it is shift work yeah very different from other types of medicine yep you come in you help people and then you go home and you don't have to think about yep uh this anymore yep uh for example one of our big patients one day some was having a very sick illness right and had to be transferred to abbott northwestern hospital from Waconia. right and i next time i worked with that person i was like hey whatever happened to so and so he's like i don't know we'll never know yeah exactly uh, which know, for me shift work is a negative so there would be multiple days where it'd be like, I had this person, they were really sick, you know, yada, yada, yada. We kind of tried to, we helped them, we stabilized them in the emergency department and then they're going to be admitted or sometimes they're going to be sent home. Yep. And you don't, you don't know if, you don't know for sure that you did enough. And I feel like if I were to do this for the entirety of my career, that that would uh, eat me alive. Like there would be certain days where I would just come on and be so stressed because like this this person was still set, sick when I left. Yeah. And I don't know. 
I mean, I left them in the care of somebody who is, you know, really experienced and a great clinician, but I don't know. Right. But that might just be your inexperience. I mean, that's a huge part of it. Right. Uh, okay. So cortisol was high, little stressed, shift work, shift work. Um, and so the other thing that I didn't really like about it, we talked about all the stuff that we loved autonomy, practice procedures. Yep. Excitement, excitement, that adrenaline rush. Great. Some great learners. Yeah. Teachers. Yes. Um, but I, so, uh, spoiler alert, I most, I will not be pursuing a career in emergency medicine. What? (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, prior to this, I, it was one of the ones that it was one of the specialties at the top of my list and I want to do something in primary care and I figured emergency medicine, you get this cool balance of, um, doing these, you know, of literally saving people's lives who are dying, right? Yep. Um, and also primary care for the like most underserved people in our communities. You know, like we were mentioning, people that are homeless, they people who don't have health care, people who don't have access to health care. They're oftentimes their only option is to come to the emergency department, right? Right. right. And that was appealing to me. Um, but after experiencing it for a month, um, it was a little bit disheartening because you would have 25% approximately of our patients are people who have true medical emergencies. And then maybe like 5% are people who, you know, don't have an emergency, probably didn't need to come to the emergency department. Um, and then the rest, as far as from my experience, are people who were forced to come to the emergency department because they don't have access to stable oh, sure, healthcare. Sure. And that's inevitably people who are people who are unhoused, people who are uh, new to this country, immigrants, people who have um, mental health problems, uh, people who are low income. Um, and in the and the emergency department is not the appropriate place for these people to research, to receive healthcare. And there's really, it's, it truly is such a bandaid. Uh, they get such a bandaid treatment. Somebody comes in, Oh, I've been, I've had severe stomach pain for so, so long threw up blood a couple times. Um, you, we do this whole workup. Turns out that there's nothing seriously, uh, seriously going on like with them life that's, threatening that's going to threaten their life exactly moment. and then you give them something for their nausea give them something for their pain and tell them to go to go on their way follow up with a stomach doctor right in the next two days and it's possible that they will yeah, I mean you know that they won't though but yeah it's I would say it's highly unlikely in a lot of these cases that yeah. they have the access to that right um, that being said Hennepin Healthcare is this safety net hospital, so there are more resources for folks that uh, are disadvantaged. But I don't know. That was tough for me. So that was a, a downer. Yes. Yeah. That was a downer, and that was a consistent theme for your shifts. Like, um, yeah, I think it would, for, it would be hard to escape that. Basically, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a big part of emergency medicine in in general yeah um 
Anyways, with that being said, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to get real, Santana. With that being said, um, I learned so much on this rotation, um, and I feel like I gained a lot of important um, experience. Mm-hmm. And I would give it ten out of ten <gasps> stethoscopes. Yeah. Okay. Let's get this mother crawl. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird to say about a uh, rotation in something that I do not want to yeah, really 0%. do again. Zero percent. Nope. Um, wow. Yeah. So we both had a great month. This is so. This is the top rated rotation. Easily, it you can't uh, get higher. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. <laughs> the average ten out of ten. Ten out of ten, baby. Um, yeah. I I want to talk more about. It. I want to tell s- cool stories from it. But we don't have time for that. This podcast. It's already too long. I know. We need to move on. I'm happy to hear you also gave it a 10 out of 10, though. Yeah. What a cool experience. Absolutely. Yep. And we both passed. I just took my final exam today. Oh, yeah. Yep. We did it. We basically got the same score for the the final exam, Yeah, right? basically. Yeah. I within mean, a... <laughs> a couple standard <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got higher. Somebody got lower. It's we not won't important. say who. It's not important. <laughs> Yeah, we both passed too. That's part of, the, you know, we'll both get honors because we're pros. Well, well, maybe we'll see. <laughs> um, awesome. I'm done. Ten out of ten stethoscopes. Emergency medicine. Yeah, great rotation. What's next on the podcast? Uh, next up is our guest. Our guest. Yes, I feel like you already knew that. Was I did. Up. I did. I'm gonna pull her up on the phone now. You're not familiar with this guest. I'll give a little background. Her name is mm. Allie Atkins, fourth year medical student, wow. a month and a half away from being an MD wow. at this point. And the reason we're getting Allie on is because she was my tutor for the first two years of medical school. Yes. More so for the first year when we are really in the weeds, have no idea what's going on. Right. And by tutor, I mean second year med students help first year med students with the classes. Yes. And because medical education is so backward, these class these classes are huh? so specific to the University of Minnesota that the only people who can really help us are second year medical students <laughs> who have been through what we went we were going through. That's such a good point. I had never considered that. Think about that. <laughs> and so um, you know, I was uh, overwhelmed quite uh, very soon in the medical school process. Yes. So I said let me get one of these tutors, random tutor, just reach out to somebody, right? Turns out it's Allie Atkins, and she is the kindest, best d- teacher, mm-hmm. great laugh, friendly all the time, <laughs> com- caring, compassionate, empathetic, right? All the things. She's an AOA. She's gold humanism. Wow. wow. She's a pro, right? A and, pro. And we should say it to be a tutor, you have to be in the top ten percentile of like grades. Exactly. So we, you have to be smart. You don't have to be smart. You have to be hardworking and have a good grasp on the on the material. Exactly. You have to be very successful. Very successful. And she was right. And let's I'd, just say the two of us, <laughs> not tutor material. <laughs> Every time I'd go to her, she knew exactly how to help, exactly what to say. Mm. So let's get her on the phone. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. Call her up. I'm so excited. So excited to get her on. Hello. Allie? Hi, Kevin. Allie Atkins. 
Welcome oh, hey, to the pod. Not only hey. not only am I here, but Santana Sanchez, third year med student, is here. Santana? Hello, nice to meet you. Hi, Santana. Nice to meet you. Um, Allie, we have this silly, silly, silly podcast that Santana and I do once a week. And mm-hmm. I've been saying we gotta get Allie Atkins on. She was <laughs> she, if if not for Allie, I would have dropped out of med school <laughs> after a month of med school. No, you got through medical school on your own because you're great, not because of me, Kevin. This is why wow. she's the best. The little mini speeches like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Allie, give us the intro. Santana has no idea who you are. Give us the intro <laughs> on who Allie Atkins is. You haven't told everybody who I am, Kevin. Well, he- I'm disappointed <laughs> good point good point <laughs> no I'm, I'm kidding um so i'm Allie. i'm a fourth year medical student at the u and i just matched emergency medicine at cook county hospital in chicago what? wow <laughs> congratulations Congrats. thank you thank you i'm very excited that's amazing uh before where else did you where'd you go to undergrad where'd you grow up that kind of thing yeah, so I'm uh, from Minnesota originally. I grew up in Stillwater, which is just north of the Twin Cities. Um, then I went to Northwestern University uh, in Evanston, Illinois for undergrad. Wait a sec. What, what did you say? Where did you go? Northwestern University in uh, Evanston, Illinois. Go Cats, baby. Santana, yeah. where'd you go to school? I'm wearing a Northwestern hat right now. Oh, no kidding. You're a wildcat, too? Yeah, baby. How did you guys not That's know great. each other? You I know, I didn't hang out with pre-meds. Oh, yeah. so. good, good choice. That was <laughs> I, very I smart. hung out with the, with the pre-law and the theater kids. So. <laughs> Wait, because uh, we got two North... Should we sing the Northwestern fight song? God. Go, you, know, I never you Northwestern. <laughs> Kevin knows Punch it well. right through that line. Right? You know, Kevin, the fact that you know that and I don't <laughs> is a little concerning, I think. <laughs> okay, so you went to Northwestern. Did you take any gap years after that or... I did. I took one gap year in between uh, undergrad and medical school because, believe it or not, I didn't have the strongest application for medical school. So I needed some extra time so that someone would accept me. Why Why do you say that? Why did you think that you not did not have the strongest or what, what was missing? My science GPA was terrible. Uh, it was under 3.0 for a really long <gasps> time in undergrad. Mm-hmm. I know. Shocking. But wow. there it is. Yeah, it's this is a, it's actually a fun fact, Kevin. Uh, given that I tutored physiology, I actually got a D on my first physiology <gasps> midterm in college. Oh no! I know, wow. I know. An unknown I'm a fraud, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point you got it down. Wait, so what did you do for that gap year? Did you take extra classes to get the GPA up, or did you like get experience? Or yeah, so I took the gap year so that my senior year classes would count towards my science GPA because mm. my senior year classes brought me up above three and then uh, I worked as a scribe in an emergency room during my gap year and also uh, in a bakery because scribing does not pay a lot. So I needed the second job. A bakery? Yeah, a bakery in Stillwater. Mm-hmm. Were you um, baking or were you cashier? Or, or? <laughs> I was not. I was cashier. So uh. I got a lot of free bread, but I didn't ever learn how to make it. So, well, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a, that's a bummer. If only you could go back in time. It's never too late I to know, learn. Right? <laughs> never too late to learn it's fine i have many friends who like to bake so i just eat their food instead of making my own we have a roommate who likes to bake the original uh fan of the podcast francesca pietrantonio yeah number one fan (laughs) number one baker um 
Wait, so is that when you fell in love with emergency medicine, when you scribed in the emergency room during your gap year? No, I actually <laughs> fell in love with emergency medicine in college when I was volunteering in an emergency room. I was just looking for any sort of clinical volunteering that I could get to get to medical school and ended up in a, an ER in Evanston and really loved watching the providers work. So oh that God. was sort of oh. where it all began. Yeah. And so that was like when coming into med school, you thought maybe this emergency medicine thing is, is, is my thing. And it, it only got reinforced mm-hmm. during med school. Yeah, definitely. I think I knew I liked emergency medicine prior to starting medical school and then scribing really sort of confirmed for me that I liked it. Cause when you're scribing, you're basically just following the doctors for, you know, eight hours at a time and seeing exactly what they do. Um, and then, yeah, third year, I kept waiting to fall in love with something that wasn't emergency medicine, and I never really did. So, Allie, this is so polished. It's like you just came off the interview trail. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I was a residency director, I'd hire you on the spot. Well, you know, I, I did get hired, so clearly I did something right during my interview trail. <laughs> you might not want to share this, but was Cook County Hospital your number one choice? They were my number one oh, choice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very excited when I, I got that email. My uh, I'm not one for big uh, like outbursts of excitement, but my roommate did said sh- say that she uh, wished she had filmed me because <laughs> it was an uncharacteristic like squealing <laughs> moment, which is very not me. But <laughs> well, that's she's the only be... one who witnessed it. <laughs> oh, that's something to be very excited about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited. And you don't you don't have family in Illinois, do you? Or I don't, but I have a lot of college friends who mm. stayed there after graduation. The cats. So. <laughs> yep, the cats. A lot of them stick around Chicago, so I already have sort of a friend group down there waiting for me. So that's exciting. Oh, that's perfect. And you have a friend group here with Santana. I have a and friend I. group here <laughs> with you and Santana. So you're set. <laughs> friend groups anywhere I go. <laughs> Um, okay. So what was that? What what was your stress level like during that med? We haven't talked to a fourth year med student yet on the pod. Mm-hmm. What was that yeah. like? It, it was during the pandemic. So it was, you know, online zoom interviews. It was, yeah. Was, I think, you know, it, it was probably more stressful than maybe a normal year just because there was so much uncertainty involved with our year. Um, you know, this time last year, we had been pulled from our clinical rotations and me and all my classmates were wondering if we were even going to get to do our advanced rotations and the specialties we wanted. You know, everyone was really worried about like, are we going to get our letters of rec in time? Right, like when, right. when are we even applying? Are they going to push back the application season? Will interviews be in person or virtual? Um, so there was definitely a lot of stress. I think sometimes people undersell how much stress you can have fourth year. Cause it is true from like a school perspective that fourth year is really chill. Like I have never spent less time on rotation than I have in this fourth year. Don't but, tell that um, to Cook County hospital. <laughs> they, they, they know what happens fourth year. They're, they all residency they programs fully expect you to come in knowing nothing, having been off for months. So that's just expected. Perfect. <laughs> Um, but but even though you had time off, you were pretty stressed throughout the whole process? Yeah, I think it was just, you know, it's uh, not to scare anybody. But <laughs> I feel like sometimes when you think about the match, it's like that's what you've been working for for your four years of medical school, you know, is to enter the match and 
match into the specialty of your dreams. And so there are definitely times when that can seem a little overwhelming because you're like, this is it. If I mess this up, like, that's it. What does my hard work mean? Um, yeah, good point. Not to, I, and I don't, <laughs> I don't say that to freak anybody out because you know I'm not here to cause a panic. We know that, <laughs> but, of course. But you also had so much uncertainty just like layered on top of that, it sounds like. Yeah. 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 It was hard too because none of us really knew how virtual interviews were going to go and if we'd still be able to get a good sense of the programs and if the programs would be able to get a good sense of us. So it was definitely, there were some stressful moments in there for sure. Did you have one outfit that you wore for every interview? In, on the, yes, in your Zoom. I did. <laughs> well, I wore the exact same outfit down to the jewelry I wore well, with it. What was it? Let's hear it. <laughs> it was actually so a lot of people like went out and bought new interview clothes and like ring lights and all of this to look really good. Yeah, and maybe I should have done that as well. <laughs> but I didn't want to spend a ton of money. I had already coughed up a bunch of money for the application and I mm. wasn't looking to spend more. Mm hmm. Um, and I was like, you know what? It's on a Zoom camera anyway. Like, how well can you truly see me? Mm-hmm. So I used the uh, blazer that I wore to my medical school interviews. <laughs> and just Thrifty. like... Love it. <laughs> a professional shirt I had. And then um, I have really good natural light in my room. So I just positioned the computer to take advantage of that natural light. And that was my setup. <laughs> Wow. And look where it got you. Number one choice. And you know what? It worked out. So <laughs> if you want to use it as an excuse to buy fancy interview clothes, by all means. But if interviews are still virtual this year, you can totally get away with uh, reduce, reuse, recycle. Um, Allie, I would have bought you a new suit if you wanted to. You should have reached out. <laughs> I never, Nuh-uh. I never I'm... properly thanked you for mentoring me for two years. <laughs> no, you guys have totally thanked me. Totally thanked me. That's Besides, true. Besides, I'm trying to go into emergency medicine, and we just wear scrubs 24 oh. seven. So, like buying a fancy interview suit is not a worthwhile investment. For we me. we just got done with our emergency medicine rotation. We both gave it 10 out of 10 stethoscopes, yep. the highest rating we gave it. And we forgot I to, like to hear that. <laughs> we forgot to mention. Well, it was one of the best things, right? You wear you wear scrubs every day. Yeah, you don't scrubs have to twenty four seven. That's so yeah. nice, right? Mm-hmm. Even even in Mayo, where they have to wear suits all the time, they get yep. to wear scrubs at the emergency department. Really? Scrubs all the time. Yep, totally worth it. I mean, I've only ever worn scrubs on a rotation, so maybe I'm just. <laughs> confused you know, is that not normal <laughs> you know there are some i've talked with some residents and other specialties who are kind of hoping this like everyone wears scrubs because of covid thing sticks around past covid yes and what because uh, everyone is realizing how great it is to just only wear scrubs <laughs> yes the emergency docs had it figured out <laughs> they know what they're doing <laughs> which is going to be you how many more days until you're an md um, so I think technically I become a, an MD on graduation, which is May 7th this year. Wow. So like a month. Like a month. Whoa. I know. <laughs> Can you prescribe me some drugs when that happens? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Theoretically, when I get my NPI number, yes. Ethically, <laughs> probably not. No, ethically, I wouldn't allow it either. <laughs> Um, what else was it? Oh, I wanted to tell Santana one of my favorite stories about you, Allie, because he does, 
because we were lucky that you you actually tutored a bunch of people, right? But Santa- I did. Santana, mm-hmm. not one of them, just too smart, didn't need a tutor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't interested in my services. <laughs> um, after the breakup, right? The uh, when I had my when my heart was broken and I was really struggling, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. came to Allie and I just needed some help on some physiology or whatever it was. I don't know. And I just started crying right away. And Allie was so kind and just basically said, Kevin, you're a good person. Everything's going to be okay. This test is going to be okay. And and a lot of med students wouldn't know how to react, right? I don't know. <laughs> med students are like overall good people. Uh-huh. But a lot of people get jammed up. You know, Allie took it in stride, basically just reassured me like she always does. And that is totally separate from all the tutoring, right? Like all the knowledge of physiology or anatomy and stuff like that. Allie's just a great person. That's why I love her. Wow. Aw, th- thanks, Kevin. <laughs> um, and she also tutored, we know, Rachel and Tom. Friends of the pod. And we know a, some people in that group can be a handful. Mm-hmm. Didn't phase no, Allie. I love you. I love you all. You're all wonderful. <laughs> Didn't phase Allie one bit. Uh, any of our idiosync, whatever the word is, yeah, we idiosync, idiosyncrasies. Yeah, thank you. She didn't. She didn't. Um, it didn't phase her at all. She was kind and just generous to every single one of us. Always, Allie, you're the best. It's a good thing this is just a phone interview because I'm pretty sure I'm blushing really red right oh. now. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad this is voice only. I also didn't tell Santana. Um, uh, recently, uh, they had a, a, it's called a Medical Student Achievement Award where they where you can nominate fourth years. Mm-hmm. Um, but peers can nominate other peers to get a $2,000 scholarship. And there's only three awards given. So Tom, Rachel, and I nominated Allie because she, I mean, honestly, you helped us so much during the first year to get through med school, the hard stuff to make us feel normal. Um, and so we nominated you, wrote a nice little letter, and you won it. You, we just found out this week, right? What? Yeah, I did win it. All thanks to the strength of that letter you guys wrote. I, I'm really so grateful you guys took the time to do the work to nominate me. It really does mean a lot. Yeah, we wouldn't have done that, though, if you weren't a good tutor. Like, honestly, you know, we wouldn't have kept coming back. We didn't, you know, if you weren't a good tutor. <laughs> he would have dropped me. He would have been like, nope, hate her. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty proud of that. For, I'm pretty proud of you, and I'm really excited for you, just like all the all the accomplishments. And you're part of AOA, which we hate on the pod. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, like, that's an accomplishment. You're part of Gold Human. You're part of it all, you know? You know, it's... uh. It happens. <laughs> it's an honor. Uh, Allie, tell me your fate before we get to the spicy take that you have. Tell me your favorite Rachel or Tom tutoring story. That's oh, all. Yes. That's always good fodder for the pod. Oh gosh, I mean, I don't. I or don't know Kevin, if this counts as whatever. A, <laughs> I don't know if this counts as a, a Rachel and Tom story, but so I tutored them together for a full year. And I think this just really speaks to my obliviousness. I had no clue <laughs> at all that there was anything going on until they were officially dating. And they told me to my face that they were dating. <laughs> I, I was just, I just, I was in a small room with the two of them for months and I didn't pick up on any of it which i don't think that makes me look really oblivious but <laughs> it is a pretty funny story though but yeah no i story. i had no clue not a clue but i've i've never picked up on stuff like that i'm not 
very smart when it comes to that sort of emotional intelligence. So well, I don't know if you can tell, but Santana and I are dating. Can you tell by our, <laughs> our voices on the podcast? <laughs> Kevin, you could tell me anybody was dating and I would believe you because I don't pick up on things like that. <laughs> that is pretty funny though. You, I mean, you spent like a lot of time, just the three of you, Tom, right. Rachel, and you. If anyone was going to pick it up, it should have been me. And yeah. I just straight over my head, totally missed it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty no, good. it's uh no, it doesn't it doesn't make me look good. <laughs> well, no, cuz you were too busy concentrating on the topics, the the right. topic. Right. That's I'm I was too much of a professional. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what was going the, on. The uh, head sure. of tutoring uh Dr. Scott Slattery would be very proud of you mm-hmm. for not not getting into the details of the dating lives, just sticking right. to the, the script. I stuck to my professional duty to teach you guys physiology. So um, okay, so Santana, should we ask her what her spicy take is? Are we at that point? Or Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but this podcast, our listeners are already bored, so we are got to move on. <laughs> Am I not entertaining? Uh, no, you're pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> what is, we We always ask our, the last question to our, to our guest, what a spicy take is. Something controversial. Yeah, a hot, a hot take. Yep, something good that gets people mm. going. Okay, well, here's maybe a match-related spicy take that even though I'm a member of this organization, I stand behind it. I don't think AOA means as much as people think it does for residency applications. What? Tell us more. You can quote me. Wow. No, I just think, and this has sort of been my philosophy for elementary school, like the application you have is the application you have regardless of whether you're recognized by AOA or not. You know, like if you have amazing step scores, those step scores are amazing regardless of whether you're inducted into AOA. And when you look at like the match list for my class, like there are people with AOA who matched amazing specialties. There are people without AOA who matched amazing specialties. You know, it's it's nice. I don't want to devalue it no, for no. anyone who does devalue have AOA it. Because, <laughs> well, it, it is it is a nice accomplishment to be recognized for the work you've put into medical school. So I don't, you know, want to invalidate people's excitement or happiness about that. But I do genuinely believe that you can be incredibly successful without AOA. I love it. That, that is it is controversial. We're going to get some pushback on that. <laughs> I mean, you're you're right, right? So for a long time, AOA was based on step scores in the first two years, uh, first two year grades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you did amazing on step score, that speaks for itself. If you did uh, great on grades, you probably were tutoring. You were probably more involved. Mm-hmm. You know, those things pay off in other ways. You don't need to be nominated to some honor society to tell you how good a job you're already doing. Exactly. And we already know that those are not good criteria to evaluate medical students, right? There's a lot of implicit bias in those the mm-hmm. step scores and grades. Mm-hmm. And so to be even putting more emphasis on it, oh boy. Yeah. Give me a break. So, uh, so nice job, you know, Allie. I'm not saying it's worth nothing. It will probably get you past the filter or two if you do have it. Right, but right. it's also not a requirement to be successful. Boom. The hottest take. <laughs> I love it. And that's that on that. <laughs> um, and uh, you sure, certainly do, didn't need it for emergency medicine, right? I mean, a, a, they're probably not looking at AOE even anyways. Yeah, no. I mean, every specialty, I think, has its its own things that it really values strongly. And for emergency medicine, um, 
are we have a, a special type of letter of rec called the standardized letter of evaluation or slow for mm-hmm. short. Mm-hmm. Got to have um, an acronym always in med school. Always got, you must have an acronym. <laughs> if there's not an acronym, it's, it's not official. <laughs> it's not approved. Um, but yeah, but you know, that's sort of a, a summary of your EM rotations. And it also, uh, one of the questions on this standardized letter is for the program to say where they would rank you in their rank list. And so it's, um, a more considered to be more objective letter of recommendation. Um, and EM programs love the slow. They're all about the slow. Like you don't need good step scores if you have a, an amazing slow. Wow. Mm. And here's another question for you. Did on the interview trail, how many places did you interview? And did any of them ask you about AOA? Um, I ended up interviewing at 14 programs and one of them mentioned AOA. Wow. And they were like, AOA's trash. I'm sorry. You're- <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I hate to break it to you. They really loved the fact yeah. that I was AOA. <laughs> oh, boy. It was probably an AOA, uh, you know, uh, alumni biased in his own, his or her own opinion. <laughs> yeah. They they loved the combo of AOA, GHHS. They were like, oh, my gosh, incredible. I was like, I don't think it's as incredible as you think it is. But thank you for your endorsement. So. <laughs> Well, one of 14, that's not a very good track record, I'd say. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, I bet your slow was incredible. What did they write? Allie, number you know, one. It's a, it's a mystery because I, I waved my right to see it. So Pretty cool. who, knows what's, who knows what's in there? Something good because I you know, <laughs> got into my first choice residency. Something but good. Yeah. Um, no, I've, I've got no clue. On that note, congrats again. What a Thank huge you. relief. You get yeah. to go back to Chicago. You got your friends there. Mm-hmm. You got a great mm-hmm. program. Public. It's a county hospital, right? It's the, the county hospital. Yeah, it's the county hospital for Chicago. It's the safety net hospital for Chicago. So. Yep. And Santana yep. gave emergency medicine 10 out of 10 stethoscopes. So you're on your As way to success. As it deserves. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the best specialty. I'm happy to argue that because I think it is, but <laughs> you're already matched. You don't need to. You don't need to argue yeah. it anymore. <laughs> well, I want, I'm just going to bring as many people over to the dark side with me as I can. You know. Uh, well, uh, bad news: Santana and I aren't matching to emergency yeah. medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We can't be. You I don't. Guess... You don't even want to be my coworker, probably after <laughs> knowing me for two love years. Love to be your co-resident, Kevin. Oh boy. Well, that's kind of you. How about Santana, though? No chance. Yeah, Santana <laughs> seems cool. He's a he's a wildcat. Oh yeah, I do residency with him. That's sure, true. <laughs> um, Allie, you're the best. Thanks for thanks for giving us time on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm sure I'll probably text you in the next couple of days. So <laughs> I'll you're talk allowed. to you. All right, Allie. Uh, we'll catch you later. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was great, you guys. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. The best. What a great guest. You get the best guests, man. Allie Atkins. I mean, she was so articulate, too. I know. Unbelievable. We have to be that polished in a couple months. We better. <laughs> should we start work on the pod right now? Or? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Top, top residency choice. Like she said, she probably was putting a lot of pressure on it. Uh, everyone does yeah of course but like 
she did work hard, right? She worked incredibly yeah. hard, and she sacrificed so many hours volunteering, basically volunteering to tutor us. Yeah, for sure. I'm so happy for her. She deserves those successes and accolades. Absolutely. All the scholarships, all the honor society stuff for AOA. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's so exciting for her. Uh. Yeah, she's gonna. I wonder if she's been to uh Cook County because they didn't do. They did virtual interviews. I wonder right. how that works. If they do like a second look, we should ask. <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been there. I shadowed a doc there. What? Uh, when I was an undergrad at Northwestern Go Cats. Emergency medicine? Yeah. Wow. He was, that's one of the reasons why I really thought that I wanted to do emergency medicine. I've shadowed him for a couple of shifts and I was just blown away. Oh, sure, by, sure, uh, sure. By how, by his, how he was cool as a cucumber. Yep. And uh, his amazing bedside manner, uh, and just he was just so 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 knowledgeable and so kind. Yeah, yeah. And it was exciting. Probably Cook County Hospital. Yeah, you know downtown Chicago. Yep, yep. They their their emergency department is uh, they have a separate trauma unit. So ours was all medical emergencies where I was shadowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so not as like crazy as you would maybe envision, but right. Great experience. Uh, that's so exciting for her. I know. Wow. And an MD in a month? An MD in a month. Oh, boy. That'll okay. Be, that'll be us. Anyways, uh, nice job, Allie Atkins. Yeah! <laughs> friend of the pod. <laughs> Official friend of the pod. Uh, Santana, I'm exhausted right now. I'm running out of energy. What, yeah. sh- what should I do? You know what to do. Listen to that. Mm-mm-mm. Bubbly. It tastes like home. <laughs> it really does for us, though. I mean, like in 10 years when we drink a bubbly, it's going to yep. bring us right back to the to the headquarters of the podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, you're all open mind, too. Yeah, open yours up. Get comfortable after that. You know, the interview's over. We can kick back. Wow, great sound quality. Yeah, great job on the interview. I feel like I maybe said one sentence, so... Well, I You're know a little bit parched. I know Allie well. We we probably I mean, this isn't underestimating. At least fifty hours of my time have spent with Allie in med school. Mm-hmm. Probably more. I mean, she tutored me so on all the subjects and so many things. Probably more. If it was over the two years. Less so second year though, because second year became where I could use outside resources oh, to study. Sure. Right. So that's why I say in the first year where every school is making their own crap curriculum, you have to rely on their own crap <laughs> notes and, and everything. Exactly. So I really needed Allie that year. Um, all right. What's next? We're moving on. Guest over. What's next? Uh, next is shout out Chuck Levin's Washington Music Center. Uh, check them out for all of your uh audio needs yeah their 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 store is a great success <laughs> <laughs> one of the largest uh music supply stores in the nation yeah in yep. the continental united states yep and um you know my wash you buddy is a part owner adam co-owner adam levin adam levin we love him yeah he's the only reason this podcast is possible so check, check him, him out, out. <laughs> jinx jinx <laughs> all right uh, so next we have everybody's favorite segment, Kevin's Corner. 
<laughs> what do you got for us this week, big dog? Well, I kind of previewed it last week, right? Did I you? went on my AOA rant. Yes. The Honor yep. Society from Hell. AOA we-, <laughs> <laughs> AOA, we gave it zero stethoscope, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, uh, as a uh, postscript, they came out this week yes. and said, we're doing an open application and we're not using step one scores or first year grades for your class, which is so controversial because our class was told we have so many of our peers who worked their butts off the first two years. Yeah, grinding. If only to get good grades, if only to get into AOA. Right. The changes for the better, right? Because those are bad mechanisms for grading medicines. We exactly. all know. We, talk, we, we talked about this. But we know how silly AOA stand. Like, they're, now we're graded on being a good leader, caring for others. Like, it's just generic bullcrap from an honor society. That is still a old boys club, right? Other school, other schools aren't going no grades, no step scores, right? And it's now it's so. Is it just this essay that we write at CV and essays? Well, we don't know because AOA is like a black box of information, so no one actually knows. No They're making knows. changes. It's disorganized. It's terrible. Continues to be. Yep. But I was like, you know what? There's also another honor society. It's called Gold Humanism. <laughs> that's because neither of us got in oh boy i thought we had a real shot well i thought somebody in this podcast had a real shot <laughs> we won't say who but not me <laughs> <laughs> don't say that you um, love humanism you so talk about it all the time to set it up for the po- for the podcast yes. listeners, it's a different honor society and it's based on basically being a good person yeah what is there saying if what is there saying? I don't know. Uh, oh, pull sorry. it up. Um, you basically, and uh, during third year, you nominate your peers. You, as in med students, nominate your peers to be part of this honor society where you're a good person. Do you have the Do you have the the saying pulled up? No, I can't find it. <laughs> um, they're saying, uh, you know, who knows, right? Uh, but oh, 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 it was something like. The most important part of patient care is caring for the patient. Yeah, for sure. That was actually one of the so the reason how to get into gold humanism is we were every med student was given six questions. That was one of the questions. Which of your peers encompasses the best part of patient care is caring for patient, right? And you're just mm-hmm. you're basically like, oh, which of my peers do I like the best? Um other, you know, uh other questions were, uh, it was like, if you were sick, who would you want to be your doctor? Right. If you had a secret, which of your peers would you tell about that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so, so it's, it's better because it's peers that like you trust. Yep. But if you really boil it down, Mm -hmm. we love boiling stuff down here on the pod too. It's just a, it's just a popularity contest. Yes. And and the way the questions are framed, you have to you can't be a jackass, right? And we're not saying this because we're salty that we didn't no, get in. No, 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 no. <laughs> because I knew I wasn't going to get in from the start, right? I'm yeah. I'm a little too controversial to to Kevin rubs some people the wrong way. You aren't liked by anybody. Um, but, but why do we need an honor society for the nice people in our group in our class? Being nice has its own rewards. 
I mean, truthfully, if you mm-hmm. are always positive, sociable, kind, and empathetic, that pays off in greater dividends than an honor society could do. Wow, well put. And the problem with honor societies is that it takes uh, anyone in med school, right, has already been deemed that they will be good physicians. So why do we need to continually stratify ourselves mm-hmm. into different classes to say, oh, this is an elite group of medical students? Because you got this, now you can go into dermatology. Right. Because you got this, now you can go to orthopedic surgery. Um, mm, and mm. <laughs> I know, let me preach. Uh, so stratifying med students is in itself is a problem, right? Yes, agreed. Popularity contest, kind of. Then you have peers who are petitioning their peers to become part of gold humanism. Some of our peers were texting a lot of people saying, hey, will you vote for me? This is very important for my application. Which is a violation yeah. of the application process. Yeah, but no one cares, right? Because it's 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 an honor. It's whatever. It's Gold Human Honor Society. Yeah. Um, and so that in itself is a problem, right? And so the whole thing... Now, before I keep going, I want to say the end results were awesome, right? People that I think are super empathetic, like Sarah Letterman is a gold humanist. <gasps> Corey, friend of the pod, friend of the pod, Corey Praska, who is like universally liked by our peers, empathetic, kind, all those things, right? She's a gold humanist, friend of the pod, friend of the pod. But do these people need to have it be a part of an honor society? I don't think so. No, (laughs) we don't need to stratify our peers constantly. What what I like about um, organizations that are, um, uh, for instance, uh. LMSA, right? Yep. That is a group of underrepresented uh, medical students who also uh, do things in the community or sponsor events, right? Mm-hmm. So it's doing good community, and it's 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 highlighting people who need to be highlighted, right? Gold humanism is just good people. I don't get it. Anyways. Yeah. I and, mean... And the questions... God. <laughs> tell me what you were going to say. I'm going to pull up some more questions. I think the... Uh... Like the uh, the reasons behind it, like being created, are good. You know, let we we recognize AOA already existed. I'm pretty sure, and it's there to recognize people who are very academically successful. But that's not what's the most important thing about being a doctor. It really is this humanist part. So right. let's honor those people as well. And I think that's why it came into existence. Exactly. Right? So the idea was good. Right. That, For sure. Yeah, exactly. But I think what you're saying is right, is that at the end of the day, the way that it is constructed now is really just a popularity contest. I mean, Sarah yeah. Letterman, Corey Praska are great people. Uh, but they're, I mean, they're but, all, they're also, you know, friends with everyone. Yeah, for sure. For real. Uh, we don't, the people who are maybe introverted or didn't go to classes the first two years. Yep. Um, no one knows them. And so... No one's going to vote for them for gold humanism because they only know like two or three people. Exactly. That's not saying they would be like worse providers. Right. It's just a popularity contest. Yes. Which is one of the reasons I thought you were a shoe in because <laughs> every you're universally liked by our med school peers. This is the reason I asked you to be my roommate. I need. I, I got to raise my stock <laughs> in med school. Who and is instead, the... <laughs> it's tanked my stock. That's probably why I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, probably. If you were living with Sarah, you would have been a shoe-in. Rats. Um, 
No, but I mean, I, I was I was thinking like, oh, Santana is so universally liked. There's no way he's not going to get this. It's a popularity contest. Not popular enough. Here are some of the other questions for you. Ready? Who has the best listening skills with patience? Like, we don't know who has the best listening skills because we don't observe our patient our our peers with patience, right? Right. You know, uh, the secret of good patient care lies in caring for the patient. That is the question. Hmm. What? Oh, how the hell would I know which peer <laughs> best exemplifies the secret of good patient care lies in caring for the patient? Yeah, you wouldn't because we don't watch our patient our peers care for patients. Uh, yeah, uh, we might. Corey Preston might be spitting on patients when she interviews them. We don't know. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I think that's highly unlikely. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. It's like you're just extrapolating. Oh, which peers do I like the best, or which peers are the best friend? The only yeah. question we could actually know. One of the questions was, if you were like in a tough jam, which peer would you go to? But again, that's kind of a popularity thing. Exactly. You're going to go to your friends. So who I nominated? Nominated you. Nominated Rachel. My man. Nominated Corey. Nominated Maddie. Right. Like the peers I would actually go to. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. introverted person who's skipping med school for the first two years who might be a really good listener or provider. Right. Right. So, anyways. I just don't get it. I yes. Ju- I just and don't the end get result, it. like you're saying, is that it does stratify med students. Right. You know, there's these whatever. I don't even know how many people get into these honor societies, no but clue. they are now in a group above the remainder. Right. And and there are some things these honor societies do, right? AOA, their members organize volunteering at the Science Museum. I did that volunteering. If you could only go back. <laughs> um, it was fun. You know, but if that AOA didn't exist, the LMSA could pick that up. Or no doubt, Gold Humanism they sponsor some programs. They do this and that, right? But if it didn't exist, it would get picked up by other, or or it wouldn't be necessary. It just wouldn't be a thing, right? Right. So I just, you know, those. That's my rant. My back to back Kevin's corner. Any type of honor society doesn't need to exist in med school. What about all these ones that keep uh, emailing me? Oh, for like me to join. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull, pull, like we get I, random emails, right? Oh, join the London Society Honor Society. Yeah, or, join the Golden <laughs> Eagle Group. <laughs> Santana, congrats on all your success <laughs> at the University of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's more like Santana, congrats on your success at University of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> As you pursue your degree in. Medical. <laughs> now pay the $99 initiation fee. But the thing is, it's like a scam, right? It's like building your CV. You might as well join these things and have your CV 10 pages long. I'm thinking about it. I need some some bulking up of my CV, so I might go back and email all those people. It's, I mean... I might couple beg, hundred beg to the gold humanist, take me in. Please. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> um, But... but you know the people that uh, you know that it ended up working out people in it are are awesome but yep it just is not necessary honor society in general are not necessary um were you in the national junior honor society as like a little high schooler oh national honor society nhs yeah yeah i was what do you think about that one well isn't that the same thing where you have to be academically uh you have to you have to be academically at a level to be part of the NHS. I don't remember. That was fifty years ago for me. I don't I remember a damn thing from then. Uh I think it was. I was also in it and 
I same thing with uh with like getting into these ones. It was like, oh, this is something that's gonna look good on my resume. Right. Our NHS and my high school, we did a can drive. <laughs> one once one, a year. One can drive. <laughs> and that's it. And then you got like I don't know, maybe you got like special things for graduation. Anyways, I agree with you 100%. Honor societies are silly. Right, right. The idea of it came up to be, oh, AOA's highlighting the wrong things. Gold team, let's do it better. But in an ideal world, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Just get rid of them. So anyways, that's Kevin's Corner. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, great Kevin's Corner. Thank you. Um, back to back. So let's hop into the mailbag. Keep this thing rolling. What the was mail that? Mailbag. Speed, convenience, price. Speed. It's a package only we can deliver. Express Power. Mail from your postal <laughs> that could be service. you. You could voice over this for the USPS. Uh, mailbag. Let's I would. I would. Oh, I would love to. Remember? I love the USPS. This is. This podcast is a huge supporter of yeah, USPS. Pro. USPS here. Come on. For sure. 100%. They're the true they're truly uh American heroes. Yeah. Tr- overworked, underpaid, all of the above. Rain, shine, sleet, hail. <laughs> uh other weather phenomena. <laughs> Tornadoes, hurricanes. They're out there. They're delivering your packages. Sleet storms. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, so anyways, what's the first question in our mailbag? All right, here we go. Uh, there's a lot of chatter. This is from, um, one of our most, uh, one of our top listeners. Yeah. Top listeners. There's a lot of chatter about bedside manner. What are the characteristics or soft skills that result in good bedside manner? Have you worked with docs who particular, who particularly stood out and modeled these behaviors? Any that stand out for being bad? Ooh. We kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, I touched on it in yeah. the emergency medicine, right? One of this, the docs, what, the reason I thought he had the best bed inside manner is because I'd never seen a doctor draw out most of the pathology. When he had time, right? He's an emergency medicine physician. Right. When he had time, he would draw it out and explain it. A picture is worth a thousand words. And I that's jumped out at me why he had such good bedside manner. Hmm. Uh, really good at j- describing the pathology. Yeah. That was awesome, I thought. Describing the pathology and like... Uh, making sure that the patients and their families are feeling more secured, um, less distressed. Yes, right? exactly. In the emergency medicine uh, department. Um, do you have any bad examples? I don't think we want to put anybody on blast. I have. Oh, I'll put people on blast. Um, Doctor Holcomb. We know. Oops, am I not supposed to use names? I don't know. Doctor, he, where is it? <laughs> we'll scramble it. Um, my main preceptor for the rural program in mm-hmm. Waconia. Mm-hmm. One of the th- reasons why I think um, he is one of the best bedside manners is because he can so uh, easily diffuse a situation with like a very good joke, and it's not like a knock knock joke, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh, it, I don't know how to describe it really. He can. He knows. Ex, he knows ex, an exact like one sentence to diffuse anything. Somebody's fears, concerns. Um, it's just very. It's just like I don't know if it's a learned trait or if it's practice. Yeah, I was thinking about this too. Uh, this mailbag question, and it is kind of hard to describe what goes into quote unquote good bedside manner. 
Um, and I think it is it is more. I mean, maybe it's learned at a certain point. Like maybe you can learn it, but Probably. I feel like it's more like just intrinsic to the person's personality. Well, learned is a good example is draw, being able to draw a pathology, right? That that takes practice. Sure. I think um, I think Dr. Holcomb has learned, like, if somebody is an anti-vaccinator, anti-vaccine, anti-vax, he knows what to say to a rural um, population to really come come around. Um, so, so at first, when he was talking about the COVID vaccine, yep, it was basically like, I'm doing it, Kevin's doing it, all the docs are doing it, right? Because we were the first ones doing it, right? That was like the best argument he could give. Yeah. Now, um, we had a patient who was like, I don't know, my, my daughter's a nurse, and she's saying it was kind of rushed. And 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 he basically said, uh, you know, I mean, that that was, that you maybe could say that when we first started, because it, it was only a couple thousand arms. You right. know, now we've had, we've had millions of people get this vaccine, and, you know, the side effects are just normal vaccine side effects. Um so we can just say, you know, it's safely, it's it's a safe vaccine, and and just really good, uh, succinct argument why to try to like ease a person's fears, and he always like acknowledges it too. Yep. I think that's a great bedside manner. Yes, I think that what it comes down to are three things. Oh, this is great! You prepared for I this. I was thinking about this because like, yeah, because like, huh? What does what does like, oh great bedside ma- bedside manner? It's like you know it when you see it. Right. Yep. So I was like, "But what is it? What is exactly does it mean?" Right. And I think you basically touched on it. Uh, this is great. I'm so excited. The three things that it takes are number one, which is uh, being able to read the room. So, yeah. <laughs> a so, different little John sound for each one. Okay. Okay. Being able to read the room. Read the room. So the the docs that I've seen that have the best bedside manner, they know they can tell like which patients need to have. More ex- like more things explained, which people don't want to have anything explained to them, which people just kind of want to be listened to, yada, yada, yada. Which people need jokes, which people need seriousness. Yeah, which people need a diagram. Yep. Which people just need to be reassured. Yep. Um, uh, second thing is literally just listening. Wait. Okay! <laughs> which is what you talked about with Dr. Holcomb. He's so good at listening and then... Like actually listening to what the person is saying and responding yeah. to their concerns. Yep. Um, and this one is really easy to tell when, when it's done poorly, because the doctor will just steamroll through whatever the person is saying and just be like, "Here's a plan for today." Blah blah. blah. For sure, which we've seen before. Yes. And then I think the third thing is a combination, a balance between uh, confidence and like being compassionate. Let's get this mother crook. And uh and so confident and compassionate. Yes. And so and so different people kind of have uh their scales are tape are uh tipped differently. So some docs kind of exude more confidence when they're interacting with patients, and I've seen that really uh work and help people feel more secure, more safe, and better taken care of. And I've seen people who kind of exude a lot more compassion sure. and, are, and are like very visibly um, and actively empathetic. Um, but I think it's important to have, as, the, as, a prim- as a provider, to have a combination of both of those things. And so if you are able to tell what the patient wants, if you listen specifically and 
actively to what they want. And then you're able to provide them with some compassion and some confidence in uh, the care that they're receiving. I think you're well on your way to having some top-notch bedside manner. Good breakdown. Excellent breakdown. Uh, and there's some innate qualities of of just being able to talk to people. Exactly. And all of those things um, are probably things that you can learn. But like the listener was saying, they are kind of soft skills. And a lot of it is innate and just comes down to your personality. Like right. some people are more confident than others when they speak. When they're speaking to people. Exactly. Or, or better listeners or that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's probably things you can work on, but it certainly is not taught in med school. Absolutely not. Um, well, yeah, absolutely not. What we should do is start an honor society <laughs> based on those three things. <laughs> The Bedside Buddies <laughs> Club? No, no, that I don't think that comes off well. What? <laughs> uh, bedside Manor Honor Society. Three tenets. You have to listen. You have to read the room, and then we n- nominate your peers. Yes, who reads the room best, <laughs> yeah, do you think? I don't know. Who do I know? Uh, that's kind of a joke, but I think, those, I think that was a good breakdown. I think those are for sure it. Right? Um, yeah, for sure. Um... Examples of bad, I mean, I don't know. I feel like most everyone that I've worked with uh, has had has had really good uh, interactions and relationships with their patients. Well, I think you've described it to me before. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, one time you had a physician who just would come in for like two minutes, a hot two seconds basically, and then to leave the room, right? Like say a plan and then go. Yeah. Not spending any time. They're probably busy. Like, you know, everyone's got their best intentions. But that's not good bedside manner, right? You need to pretend like that patient is the only patient in front of you. Right. Um, that's an example of bad bedside manner. Yeah. Uh, what else is a, an example of bad bedside manners? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can't think of other stuff either off the top of my head. Okay, well, that's the end of the segment. <laughs> Wait, that's the end of the the segment? That's the end. Let me end the segment. Great, great question, though. It's a yeah, that was a good question. That was a good question. Gave me something to think about. Because, of course, it's something that we're striving for, right, is having good bedside manner. Right. Uh, you know, striving to become that person that is able to go into that room and... Yeah. And... Uh, and give that reassurance to our patients. Um, so yep. I feel like breaking it down, for me at least, gives me some concrete things to try to focus on. For sure. I We're opening the segment back up. I got one more thing to talk about. Hit the sounder again. Open it up. <laughs> so, convenience. Um, it's a package only we can do. Dr. Holcomb. Express mail from your postal service. What? He, he's always. The patient's always like, oh, this guy's a good guy. And I've said it before. One of the reasons patients like me is because I'm a white male mm-hmm. in a a rural community. Who doesn't like a white male? No, no. like mo- Mostly like white old people, right? So they have their implicit bias, which is automatically makes them like me. Sure. But they also, Dr. Holcomb one, one day was like, you know, I, I bet another reason why patients really like you is because you did dueling pianos for so many years and you got used to interacting with any person who walked in the door and you just had to get used to like figure out the, the best way to interact with that person, which is super, super true for Julian pianos, right? You get 
the nice thing about doing pianos is you get old customers, you get college customers, mm-hmm. you get really drunk people, you get sober people, you get the whole thing, right? And you just have to like figure out a way to diffuse things or interact with them very quickly. And and I think that is very helpful for bedside manner, being able to adapt to whatever personality is in front of you. Yeah. That's kind of what you're saying, reading the room. Yep. But I already have that practice where I can adjust my personality to to fit the person who's in front of me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure your bedside manner is top tier. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Best um, of the best. But do, doing dueling pianos helped a lot where you're in like the public service industry hmm. where you're interacting with people. Yeah. So anyways, that's another thing I was thinking about. Meanwhile, my previous job, interacting with a bunch of mice. <laughs> Killing mice. My bedside manner. <laughs> It's got a lot of work. You got have a work cut out. I would not. I would say this about anybody. Or, all my friends. I bet you have the best bedside manner. Mm. You're so calming. You're. I mean, like in any situation, it's just so nice. Well, thank you. You really. Yeah. <laughs> One of the. Be- I want to start an honor society just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Anyways, we're closing it down. Down again. Should I? Should I? Yeah, that was a great segment. Rep- Let's end it. <laughs> Convenience price. It's a package only. This podcast express record length. Really? Yep. I thought this was going to be a short one. No record record length. We were going to do some more segments. Let's take them out. We can't go on forever. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's end it there. This was a great episode. I had a great time. Loved chatting with you. Loved Allie. When you say it like that, it sounds really, really impactful. What do you want me to say? Just kidding. Come on. I agree. Great podcast. I hope we do this until we croak. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Uh, Okay. Well, like we say every week, a bird Bird in in the the hand hand is is worth worth two in the bush. bush. See ya.